Hello and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody with me, your host, Jackson Stone. And I am joined today by someone that I met on social media, so that's amazing. I think we're gonna actually talk a bit about uh, how social media can be used for that and why it should be used for that. But uh, I'm joined by a personal performance coach. He uh, founded or is kind of building the Forever Athlete, um, which is kind of centered around mindset and movement and also largely around community. Um, he hosts his own podcast called the Athletic Mindset Podcast. But today I'm joined by uh, Corey Camp. What's up, man? Dude, Jackson, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Um, and yes, the power of social media. It's a, it's a beautiful tool if we allow it to be that. So I'm excited that's how we got connected and here we are. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a specific question about that in a second. But I start this podcast in a very specific manner. This is the only question that I really have planned out. Everything else is kind of like in my head and kind of just flowing off what you say. But this is the one that I plan out. But uh, I think this is like a really important question, uh, a question that we generally use to say hello. Um, you may have been asked this question already today and you kind of just maybe said an answer that wasn't really true or, or not as deep as you, you wanted it to be. But I think if we can answer this question, especially between two guys more mm -hmm. openly and honestly, um, then we can kind of create a, deeper channels of dialogue. So I'm asking you this question. Um, hopefully you answer it honestly. How are you doing, Corey? Like for real, for real. I say I could give you the blanket like I'm doing great like everything's awesome um wholeheartedly uh I am like freaking out I'm like swimming in all these different directions as you know you're trying to do intro running a company building forever athlete as an overall brand that means so much more than apparel which we just dropped but also figuring out where to go with everything um it's like everything around me is very poetically falling apart and it's like how can we make sure everything is gluing and sticking together as um efficiently as possible so honestly i am i'm doing okay i could be doing better i think i could always be doing better and we're just thriving amongst the chaos and i think that is you know, a testament to a lot of our background as athletes, we almost thrive, we like prefer these kind of situations, right? Like if mm -hmm. things are going super, super perfect, we're like, what's going on? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just navigating the chaos one day at a time, one phone call at a time. So I appreciate you asking. Yeah. I'm with you there for sure. A uh, couple questions off that. You, yeah. I feel like I'm always towing the line between like feeling really purposeful and driven about what I'm doing while also feeling very overwhelmed <laughs> at the exact same time. I don't know where, I don't know if I like to use the word balance. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know if it fits, but like, are you, do you feel like you're the same way? 100%. It's, it's constantly towing this tightrope of, all right, I need, I know I need to apply pressure and we can talk from like a physical or psychological standpoint of when we're talking about getting into the zone flow state, like there's this sweet spot that exists between like the challenge that we're being faced with in our skills. And we need to tow this tightrope where, you know, we feel like we can rise to the occasion. The challenge isn't too overwhelming, but it matches our current skill set. And then on the 
you know, whereas if we're overskilled for the challenge, we're going to be like, all right, whatever. Like, this is just too easy. We know that from sport, right? When we played mm-hmm. that team that was not that great, we just kind of went in and we played flat and we were like, all right, we're kind of bored. It's no different in our life. We need to find a challenge that challenges our current skill set. And I, with us, <laughs> it's finding that balance of how much is too much of a challenge. And we, I think, are always being growth-minded, trying to take on more. And it's like, is, how much is too much? Yeah. And that's honestly a question I ask myself every single day. <laughs> mm. Were you someone in school who thrived uh, better when it got towards the deadline? Like, is that when you started to hit it hard or were you like a plan out? Here's what I'm going to do. hundred percent. I needed to apply pressure of a deadline to mm-hmm. get things done. It's, it's funny looking back on it. I don't know if this was the case for you, but my GPA was always higher during fall semester when swim was like full effect in mm-hmm. college. And then (laughs) when I had more free time on my hands and more freedom of like, oh, you can actually go and study, my GPA dropped like a significant amount in the spring. Um, And I always thought that was super interesting, but I think it it went to show like I needed some structure and pressure externally to uh, help me rise to that occasion rather than like too much free time on my hands. I was just like, all right, cool. Like I can say yes to this going out and I would always say no to that before when I was in season you know what I mean yeah um, I feel that I feel that a lot but (laughs) it's funny I had a better GPA during our season too Uh, baseball season was in the spring or second semester yeah but really the only reason I had a better GPA is because we traveled so much because I was went to South Dakota State so like all of our baseball games were away and so the majority of the time we took tests on the bus and we just had notes to take the tests. So that's why I got better grades. Uh, but then my coach would ev- would throw me for a loop every once in a while. He'd be like, oh, this one is a no notes test. And I'd be like, hmm? like what do you mean? They're, <laughs> what are all you? They're, all, they're all notes tests. Come so on. you just want me to sit next to you while I take this test? Uh, sure. <laughs> like, so that's why I got better grades. But that, I mean, isn't that a funny like dynamic I mean I remember going to nationals or something we'd be down in Atlanta and I would have to take a test in the hotel room you know with with my coach watching me quote unquote and it's like look neither of us really want to be there doing that right in that moment right we have more more pressing things on our mind of sure I have to go perform uh in a pool in a few hours like what was the last part you heard there um you were you and your coach are in your hotel room about to do this test and you have you have to be in the pool soon gotcha yeah I mean I feel like that every college athlete has some sort of memory of that right where you're just like all right we're just checking the box here um I'm not gonna be focused on this test we're just all right get it done time to pop in uh, and take care of business which is kind of a shame because obviously you know looking back on it where should your priorities have been but when you're in the moment, it's like, that's the only thing that matters, right? Yeah. I, I've become much more of a learner now. Mm-hmm. Like in school, my mindset was always like, I have to get good grades so I can play baseball. So I just get it done. 
Like there was no like trying to actually learn the information. It was like, do this so this can happen so you can do this. Uh, once, I, once I started getting into like the junior, senior year of college, like classes became a bit more interesting because it was more major focused, but it was still on the basis of just doing it to do it so I could do this other thing. Now I'm actually like learning because I want to and podcasts and courses and all these things. And it's like, uh, I wonder what would have been different if that was my mindset in university. Were you, were you the same way or what kind of student were you? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it made zero sense. I would get, I got worse grades in like general chemistry and biology than I did when I was learning the neuroscience behind motor control and all of this upper level, you know, four 500 level classes. So I was the same way. I needed to be way more challenging. Um, whereas that those entry level courses, I was just like, all right, whatever. But even to your point too, it was like, all right, this, the only thing that really engaged me because my major was in exercise science and like biomechanics, kinesiology, I could like directly apply what I was learning in the classroom to what I was doing in the pool. I would like be like, oh, this is how my body works. Awesome. I can then go like toy around with it experimentally and practice and see, you know, actually feel it firsthand, which is why I coach the way I coach a lot now is like when I teach something to someone that might seem a little bit abstract it, to me, I, it always, I was a kinesthetic learner. Like I needed to actually feel it out and understand it for it to click for me. And that's why I coach the way I coach is like, well, let's take this abstract thing and make it super tangible. We'll put our body through it and then it will click uh, because we're working with the former athlete, right? It just, mm. that's the language that you and I both speak, you know? Yeah. Sorry. I, I tend to take uh, pauses, big pauses after people oh, talk because yeah. I like to digest what they say. Uh, I always think about it because I put this on YouTube as well, but I always think about what people are think is happening while they're just listening to the audio version of it. <laughs> like what's happening? Why is it so silent? But yeah, totally. Um, so I want to, I want to take it back a little bit to like where you grew up, um, yeah. was swimming your first love. Um, you know, what were your parents like, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's a big question, yeah. right? You can answer a little bit about it, but, uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll double click on whatever seems uh, important. That's uh, probably all important. This is probably not the right thing to say, but what's relevant right now? What pops out the most? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, swimming, ironic, it runs in my family. My dad was a college swimmer as well. Um, and he's been a summer league coach, which is huge in the Maryland, D.C. area. Summer league swimming is like the thing to do growing up in that area. Like you everyone at least started uh in summer league and then when you chose like if you really liked it like there was that option to take it year round then you're competing with your baseballs and your lacrosse and all these other sports but yeah for me it's really interesting because my mom she was she was great she didn't want me to turn out exactly like my dad of like oh you have this preset path of like swimming is your thing so she was very hesitant to introduce me into the water. And it wasn't until I was, I was actually, I was four years old. We're at the pool that my dad's coaching at, we're members there. And it's the weekend before the pool opens, that weekend before Memorial Day. And this is back in the day of like paper sign up stuff. So 
my dad's over there. People are coming in to register for the team. He's taking notes. And it's like, Corey, just like go play on the playground. Like go entertain yourself for an hour while I take care of this. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I get distracted and there's a pool vacuum hanging out of the well, uh, the deep end. And the pool vacuum is this very long pole. And on the bottom, there's these wheels. And it's you're supposed to like literally vacuum up the bottom of the pool with it. Well, I thought that's a really cool thing to like play on and, and climb, obviously, naturally. So I start to climb the pole and the wheels move. Who would have thought? So they move. And next thing I know, I'm four years old, clinging onto this pole. And it's like slow motion, just sinking deeper and deeper into 14 feet of water. I have no idea how to swim. I oh. have not learned anything. So my dad hears me because I'm the only, uh, it's a big splash and I'm the only person in the water. And he freaks out, swims the entire length of the pool, fully clothed, like shoes, everything, cell phone in his pocket. And he rescues me. Uh, thankfully, before like I, I really um, got into deep trouble and so funny because I don't remember any of this. All I remember is being in my dad's like extra sweatshirt and clothes that he had in the trunk of his car at McDonald's after the fact being like, well, this is kind of cool. Like I have a free, I have a meal. I'm warm now. Like, this is great. My dad's like all pissed, shivering, <laughs> just thankful that I'm okay. But that was a really pivotal moment for me because it actually obviously convinced my mom like, all right no more like sheltering Corey from the swimming lessons, at least like we need to get him in there as a basic life skill. And fortunately I did not have like an adverse um, relationship with water after that, believe yeah. it or not, I was drawn to it um, and really started to excel in some lessons a week later. Um, and the rest is kind of history from there. It's swimming and honestly just water in general has always, this uh, almost like natural sanctuary for me that I can go to whenever life is really, really crazy. I can kind of retreat to it. And for me, so that would encouraged a lot of, you know, themes throughout my life. And most recently this move out to LA, it was like, I just want to be by the ocean. Like, I don't know why, but I just felt like called to, to move out here and move to the beach and, it's, uh, you know, when you're acting in alignment, like it's just things start to unfold, right? And I think that's kind of looking back at my story of what swimming has provided me, what it still provides me to this day. It's just, it's that, it's this sanctuary that I can kind of turn back to. Yeah. Are you, um, are you still swimming now? Is that a regular part of your exercise routine? Um, not in a pool. So, I mean, I think to a certain point, like when swimming ended for me, I, it didn't end on the terms that I wanted it to. I had a, a lot to work through internally uh, to get okay with even being back in a pool and understanding what swimming provided me. I was not in a great headspace for a little while there. Um, and I'm still working through that kind of relationship. So the thought of a swimming lapse, looking at a black line does not excite me at all anymore. Uh, it's great every once in a while, but I don't have any desire to really hop in a pool and really, really train like I used to. So no, not really, but I've found this new frontier of open water swimming 
which has been something that I never really done before. And it's has this whole mix of it's a new frontier. It's, it's exciting again. So I've been getting into that somewhat regularly, like once a week. Um, I don't know about how you train personally, but for me, I like, it's this constant struggle of like, I want to be able to do a lot of really cool athletic things, but I don't want to like identify and just categorize myself as like one thing anymore. Mm. Like I, I run, but I wouldn't say I'm a runner. And that's coming from like doing two marathons in the past year, but I don't want to just fall into this box of like, Oh, he's a runner. It's like, no, I'm like so much more than that. So I, I, I really struggle with labels and I struggle to just say like, yeah, I swim. Yeah. I run. It's like, those are just two activities that I enjoy doing, but it's, it's bigger than that. And I think we should all adopt that kind of approach to our identity. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Do you think the way you feel about labels now is because you were only identified or you only identified yourself as a swimmer for such a long time? 100%. And I mean, that's, that's why I decided to found forever athlete was I had a gripe with the label of former athlete, because to me, former implies that what you did in the past doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, we should just box it up, put it in that shoebox, and put it in our parents' basement and forget about it. Let it collect dust. But, you know, there's so much value in that past experience. And I think whether you're an athlete or not, we have to realize there's value in our past experiences. It's up to us now. How are we going to let that value shine through into whatever it is we're doing and keeping it open-ended as much as possible allows it to become so much more. That's why I love how you set up this podcast, right? You have one question that you ask and then it just flows from there. Whereas if, I mean, being a podcast host myself, like I remember early on, I was like, I'm going to, do all this research and have like 20 curated, perfectly curated questions. And when you go in it with this limited uh, scope of like, it has to hit these 20 questions, you miss out on so much more. Uh, and I think we do the same thing almost as a default, right? Like we want to just box ourselves into one thing. And in doing so, we we're operating within our comfort zone a little bit more so. Whereas if we can shift that focus to all right, I understand who I am. How am I going to express that today? Is that going to be through a podcast, Sampy, through coaching? And that's kind of how I viewed what I get to do every single day. It's, it's just an expression of who I am. I have to make sure that it stays that way. Absolutely. Was there, like, how long, I mean, you're obviously still in your journey and your process of kind of discovering who you are exactly. That's an everyday thing, you know, which is yeah. part of the beauty of it. Uh, but like when you stopped, <laughs> yeah, when you stopped swimming to like kind of coming up with the idea of forever athlete, not where you are now, but like, was that a long process or where, what was that? What was that like? It was a long process and it wasn't at the same point, you know, it, so for context, like when I, when I swam at Delaware, um, I started off, as honestly, as great as like my career could have started off. I, despite having some health issues and, and all that, um, which we can dive into if you want, um, I became Delaware's first ever rookie of the year, um, set school records as a freshman, set more school records as a sophomore. I 
I scored the most points on the team all four years that I was there. Um, and even still, like my senior year, my last ever race was my worst race of my college career. It was actually slower than I was my junior year of high school. So here I am at 22, ending my career slower than I was at 16. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what? how do I process this? And that was it. Like, there's no... There, at the time, there was no real pro option for me. And I was, I would have been like a fringe player for that. So it was just, it sent me into the spiral of like, all right, who am I without this? And because of it ended the way that it did, honestly, I felt a lot of resentment towards the sport. I didn't want to take responsibility for my performance. I tried to blame, you know, burnout. I tried to blame oh, uh, well, the coach, the coaching wasn't great. The training was, was off this past year. Like, that's why. And it wasn't until I really started to look in the mirror about a year later. Um, I didn't even recognize kind of who I was. I, I threw myself out of the pool, threw myself into the weight room and was like, I'm going to turn myself so far the other direction because I was a skinny distance swimmer. I wanted to put on muscle for the first time in my life. I didn't want to be defined as this skinny distance swimmer anymore. I wanted to be jacked, you know, I wanted to get ripped. And fat pounds and it wasn't all muscle. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, I went to go run and I, my knees hurt. I was after a mile, I was like, this is nothing like I felt. And I realized I was just trying to put a bandaid over who I was as an actual person. And I needed to get back to my core identity, my roots. And that started my own weight loss journey, which, you know, has then led into my And with each of those, it's, it's really interesting to see, like it isn't a destination, but with each stop along the way, you're like, oh my gosh found a new level of who I am, a new depth to who I am. And know that like, no matter where you're at in that journey, part two, part two frozen. <laughs> We'll come back here in a second and we'll be back. There we go. You're muted on your end. That was great. <laughs> there we go. Did it, uh, did it just stop or what happened? I think it just, yeah, that was super weird. It's never happened before. Uh, yeah. I love it. We're hopefully, rolling. yeah, hopefully we still have the first part of that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so good. Um, where were we at? What did you hear last? Um, you were in your weight loss journey. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, that was really a turning point for me was when I decided I'm going to, I'm going to lose some weight. Uh, I got up to 195 and I was like, I was consistently like 150, 155, maybe 160 oh, wow. when I was swimming. So I was almost 200 for the first time, which at 510, uh, was not like me at all. And that opened up this kind of ever evolving door of like, all right, now I started to really feel like myself again, physically. 
And because I felt like myself again, physically, I started to get that confidence back of, okay, I can like go and do this, whether it's starting a podcast, whether it's starting a company, all these things that I've done since swimming ended really stemmed from me just physically and then mentally, you know, starting to feel like me again and understanding that feeling like yourself and being you is this like ever growing journey, which is the beauty of it. Like there's always another layer to being in alignment and being you. And I think there's some, there's a beauty in that if we choose to embrace it rather than being this like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm never going to get there. Yeah. You know, it's like enlightenment. Like what are we really chasing with enlightenment? It's this, it's the journey that we should really be focused on, which sports really teaches you, but we kind of lose sight of it when it ends because we don't have that same structure in place anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like you, I mean, when I stopped playing baseball, like it's like you lose a sense of community. I'm never, ever going to make friends like that ever again in my life. Like I'm never going to have something to compete for. Like who am I outside of, but you know, I went through the, it sounds like the exact same journey as you, like a lot of resentment when I stopped playing ball into leading me back into baseball now coaching youth, you know, starting having a podcast and having my own company and like also going through the same sort of self-discovery process. And it really starts with deciding that you want to do it. Like, like starting to get curious about who you are. I think that's the beginning step of like any self-discovery mm -hmm. journey. Um, but what, I mean, do you have any, any tips or advice for someone who is like kind of trying to figure it out? They're like maybe kind of stuck in a rut um, and they hear all this rhetoric on social media about you just gotta be you, you just gotta be authentic, like discover yourself. Well, those things are really hard when you don't know where to start. And so do you have a starting point? Oh man, I think we froze again. Brutal. <laughs> I think the, um, there we go. Um, the best starting point for that, because it can be so large and ambiguous, right? We, that we get overwhelmed and we're like, all right, cool. Like, I'm not going to start that thing. Screw that. Um, so a great starting point is, especially for the athletes out there, um, sitting with this question of why did you get started in the first place? Like what was it that drew you to whatever sport that you played? That was really what I sat with when I finally started this journey of like, all right, I'm going to stop throwing myself a pity party. I'm going to stop like running away from the problems that I need to run away from. And I'm going to start facing them one at a time. And in doing so, I sat with that question and I realized I loved swimming, not for the hard workouts, not for, you know, the time that it, you know, honestly took away from me, uh, the early mornings, all that stuff. I loved it because it put me with great people. And I was like, how can I get back to that? How can I start creating something where I'm just surrounding myself with great people? And that was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start coaching and paying it forward. You know what I mean? I became a, a summer swim coach and that was a whole interesting process of, you know, just teaching kids how to swim and getting them in this mindset of like, Hey, just have fun with it. Be 
play with it just have fun so starting with that and then it has evolved but if you can identify what that core like at its core what drew you to that first thing understand that first and the other thing i would say with core values because that's another like ambiguous thing right like what are your core values everyone companies have core values people we as humans have core values start like your core belief around money, your core belief around relation that come from, does it come from your family? Does it come from your community, the people around you? And then asking yourself that last question of, is it true to you? Because oftentimes there's a lot of disconnect. Like I think from a financial standpoint, I have a very different financial relationship and belief around money than my parents do. And that's because I'm an entrepreneur and for professions were teachers and coaches. So they, you know, had a pension, they had the security of this. So they believe money should be a certain way. And I had to sit with understanding, like, I believe money works differently. And then once I understood that, like having that conversation with them, like, Hey, I know you want me to have this stable, secure job, but this is my belief and this is why I believe it. This is what I'm gonna go do. And getting on the same page there, the more you can get into alignment with those around you, getting on the same page and just laying out any differences, the less resistance you're gonna have in your life. Yeah, we, we, uh, we can't expect people to know what we're thinking unless we communicate it, right? We have this like preconceived notion that people should just know what we want or what we think or what we need and how we can get it, but we have to communicate it. And that's an important part of, of anything. We're, we're great at like subconsciously imposing our expectations onto other people, but not letting them know. And then when they fail to meet those, then we're, then we're upset with them. Right. When it's like, well, you didn't let them know like what you expected from the, the get go. Like what, and that can go for romantic relationships. That can go for friendships and go family that can go as an employer. Like when you're working with employees, like, being clear and upfront of like, Hey, this is, this is what I expect. Can you meet that? And having that conversation up front saves you a lot of trouble in the long run. Absolutely. Um, was it during this process uh, of post swimming into where you are now that you kind of figured out that there's this complete intersection of physical body and you know mental well-being and how that all intersects and how it's all inter inseparable yeah it it really came for me like as i started to find new movements that i enjoyed whether it was a new frontier of like getting into getting into running to the sense of like oh i have something to train for and i can go and improve myself this it was this sense of like man like how expansive does this feel? Like I can, I'm 26 and I can go run a marathon for my birthday and PR, like this is freaking awesome. Like who's, who's to tell me that my best athletic days, physical feet days were behind me. Like there's new, there's now all these new frontiers. And once I started to step there, I realized like, oh, this can also apply to this area of my life and this area of my life. And that was something that I didn't 
know or didn't choose to focus on when I was in swimming. So it's like going about it a different approach. And I think for those that are still in, you know, sport in the traditional sense of whether they're high school, collegiate, if they can start to take that approach of like, it's again, it's just an expression of who they are and viewing it as such, then around it being over when it is over because they just realized, okay, that, that chapter's over. Like, how do we move into this next chapter and take and build upon the themes that we learned in that last one? Like it's a, it's a never ending book that we're writing. Yeah. You still hear me? <laughs> now I can. Okay, like cool. Cutting in and out. This is going to be the best episode I've ever posted. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> I mean, the content is magical. Just going to have to be chopped up pretty good. But that's all good. That doesn't bother me. But um, oh, I had a thought. What was it? Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll bring it back to it when I, <laughs> when I think of it. Uh, but... Uh, No, it's not coming back. It means it wasn't meant to be. It'll 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 come back if it's meant to be. But <clears throat> I want to circle back to uh, when I uh, at the beginning when I talked about social media. Yeah. Um, you and I post a lot on social media. It's part of our businesses, part of our brands, part of how we make money. Um, and so I assume that you have a healthy relationship with social media. Um, for one, my question is, how did you cultivate that? healthy relationship with social media and how do you think others um can start to uh cultivate a healthier relationship with their social media and their kind of patterns of usage yeah i think it really starts with setting an intention before mm. you go into it uh, and don't get me wrong i'm not perfect at this there's definitely times where, or instagram whatever it may be but understanding that if you set an intention before you go into it and it can be something different and I have to, as creators, it's like, all right, am I going on there to create and to provide value or am I going on there to, to be a consumer for a second and being clear with that because that intention. this is the best person like hey look my life's so great like i'm on a boat right now um being selective with um, what i'm choosing to share in that sense i want it to be value driven um and in doing so i also want it to be social like i want my audience to be engaged and that's what i always tell people like we have forgotten a lot of sense that social media is meant to be social like we are meant to interact with each other and honestly exactly what we did. I want to interact with someone through social media as the, like the uh, place that it starts, but I want to get off of social media as quickly as possible and hop on a, a zoom call and get to, to know each other a little bit better and, and learn really about you as a human. I don't, and I think you can do so much of that more so in 30 minutes 
than you know a text exchange in the DMs or just passively consuming content. Uh, and that definitely takes time, but it's worth it. I think one of the coolest things was when I took my road trip out here with my dad, we took two weeks and we drove from Northern Virginia all the way to LA and we stopped in all these cities along the way. And in each city, I had someone that I had met via social media. I never met in person and we would meet up with them for coffee or a bite to eat or a workout. And it was so cool to see my dad being like, how did you know this person? I was like, oh, it's Instagram. And he was like, I don't, I just don't understand. Like he's 64. He's like, I, I don't get this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you don't. It's cool. Um, but you can, I mean, if you choose to use social media as a platform to enhance your life, it has that full capability too. But I think again, that tightrope, that balance of like how much of your time are you spending on social media? It should be used to cultivate real life relationships, not just social media friends. Like at this point, I can't wait to get to Dallas at some point and give you the biggest hug in the world because we've connected on multiple points all through social media, but it's mm -hmm. because we both were open to it and set that intention rather than going into it and being like, oh, I'm going to compare myself to what it is you're doing compared how it stacks up to what I'm doing and have any feelings of like resentment towards it. Now we, we throw that out the window. We set the intention of let's connect to connect and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I think that's spot on. Like the intention has to be there. Right. And we, we talked about before we started recording, not the first or the second recording, <laughs> whatever Zoom caught, <laughs> but when we were just chatting about how you, uh, you Instagram storied someone that you just had on your podcast. And I was like, yeah. oh, if Corey had him on his podcast, he'd probably someone that I want to follow. So I clicked on him. And the thing that pops up in his bio was like men's mindset coach, like trying to peak, uh, coach peak performance. And I was like, immediate follow, um, like feeling no sort of like, competition or comparison with what he's doing even though we're sort of in like the same space just trying to uh follow someone who's gonna put things on my feed that uh engage me that bring me value and that, that i can learn from as well because shoot i don't i don't know anything uh and so the more people i can follow that can teach me stuff the better and so i think that's that's the intention that i bring to social and i think that's the intention that you're definitely talking about Recording number three. <laughs> We're rolling. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, this is this has happened to me a couple of times. It has it? Hilarious. Oh yeah. man, yeah, I think it's pretty funny. Uh, we might have to do this again, but I'll let you know here uh, what I what I can scoop up from this episode. Um, but what did you hear? I was talking. What did you hear me say? We're already frozen. <laughs> um, you were talking about following Q. Oh yeah, so I'm saying you, like- You heard like, you saw what he does and you were like, this is a no brainer. Right, like even though um, me and him are possibly in the same space, trying to reach the same people, there's no, for me, at least in my mind frame, there's no competition there. There's like, oh, this guy probably holds some of the same values that I do. I definitely wanna follow him. I definitely wanna see him on my uh, feed because he was gonna teach me something. He's gonna you know, whatever. Cause I don't know anything. We, none of us know anything. We're all just trying to figure it out. Like, and yeah. so maybe he's in tune with something that I'm trying to figure out. And then there's that passive of information. And it's like, 
that's the intention I bring to social media. Just like you said, like sometimes I get caught up and I'm just like, uh, what's this, you know? But really it's about, it's about that. It's about exactly what you said, the intention. Like, what am I getting on this for? Am I getting on just to scroll? Cool. Am I getting on to consume so that I can get a little bit of creative juices flowing so that I can create something important? Or am I going on to post and then just ghost it and then come back later to check some notifications and some DMs to see how my, um, to see how my uh, content did, right? What is, the, what, is, what is your idea there? So yeah, you're, you're right for sure. Yeah, I think too, like that point of it's a no brainer, like we're in the same space, like let's follow each other. It's so funny to see, like when you come across people that don't share that value, you know what I mean? Like when I was in, uh, I was an assistant fitness director for uh, over a year. And when I was in that role, I recognized like who I added value to the most client wise. And I would never try to take someone else's client. But I understood that like, there's so many clients to go around that if they're not meant for me, that's totally okay. And I need to release that need to work for everyone to work for the people to work with the people that I really want to. And I had no problem, you know, if someone came to me and expressed interest in working with me, but after talking with them, it just didn't fit. Like I loved to put them in touch with another trainer. And it's so funny because a lot of those trainers were like, I just don't get it. Like, why are you? why do you always pass off? Like, I'm not complaining, but I'm also like, I don't do the same thing to you. And it's like, I don't expect that, but I'm, I'm secure in the sense of, I understand who I am and what my value add is. And I'm not going to start chasing things that don't end up in alignment of that. And I think it shows itself on social media pretty well. Of, I, because of that, I don't fall into that comparison trap as often as some other people do. Mm -hmm. It's still like everything, right? Like we all have jealous triggers that are gonna pop up. The, the bonus of going through that enlightenment, personal growth, whatever journey you wanna call it, is that just happens with less frequency because in that whole process, you're just, you're understanding deep rooted who you are. And the more that you understand that, the less you let things affect you that are external. You, you're able to release that need for control of everything, which is, I mean, tough. Again, circling back to the athlete in us. I mean, we love when the weather conditions are exactly perfect and we get the perfect amount of sleep and our diet's on point and all these things. How often does that really happen? Like almost never. So like control what you can control, release the need to control things that are outside of it is huge. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <clears throat> I have one last little thing that I want to ask you, and then we can kind of uh, plug some of your stuff and then I'll let you go. Hopefully we don't have to do a fourth recording in the midst of the next two to three minutes, <laughs> but you never know. Whatever comes up, uh, it's totally cool. So uh, what advice, maybe general, maybe specific, would you give to uh, either a graduating athlete or someone who just stopped playing their sport after a very long period of time? <laughs> I jinxed it. <laughs> totally jinxed it. Yeah, dude, I jinxed it for sure. 
<laughs> I think you jinxed it. Oh um, my God, so hard. I jinxed it so hard. I think I think the question is what advice would I give for a graduating athlete? Yeah, or someone who just stopped playing their sport for after a long period of time. Yeah, um, release the need for a timeline. Because mm. uh, you're coming from a, a place in an environment where, where there was this clear ladder, right? Like you started off in Little League, you made it to your high school team, the travel team, whatever, like you're climbing it up, you get the scholarship, now you're here. And there was these deadlines to it, right? Like you had to perform at a certain showcase by X state to get the scholarship to move here. And all of a sudden you're thrown into the real world and there's, there's no deadlines. Like there, it's just all self-imposed arbitrary stuff. So release the need for you to have it figured out by 22, by 23, by married by 26, whatever it looks like, like release the need for it, be open to what the possibilities can, because what's happening with that expectation of a certain timeline is you're self-imposing a glass ceiling to yourself and you're, you're shutting yourself off to what the universe can actually provide you. So or at least the need for that, be open to the possibilities and don't be afraid to, to have fun, like play around with it. Life doesn't need to be super serious. We need some play in there. So make sure you're, you're playing constructively and productively, but have fun with it. It's, we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to have it figured out by a certain age. And that was suffocating me for the longest time of like, I needed to make six figures by 23. And then I realized that doesn't make me happy. So <laughs> there's some other things that I need to focus on first. Yes, beautiful, beautiful words and beautiful advice from the forever athlete. You know what I mean? Fantastic. Um, where, can, uh, where can people find you? I know where to find you, but where can, uh, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, pretty simple. Website is coreycamp.com. Instagram is coreycamp. And um, yeah, if anything that I said today resonates with anyone listening, feel free to reach out. Send me a DM, send me an email. Uh, would be more than happy to connect a little bit further and see where you're at with your journey. Yeah, he has a even more in-depth conversations on his podcast, so check that out. <clears throat> um, the Athletic Mindset Podcast, real cool. I'll be on there soon. The problem with all these projects, man, it's like I forget which ones. To <laughs> which one's the plug? Yeah. yeah. But yes, that pod, that episode is a powerful one. Uh, I can't wait for that to to drop. So I love it, and I appreciate the time. It's always good to connect with you. So thank you for the space. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'll uh, do my best to uh, to chop this episode up into some actual listening pieces. Uh, but we may have a part two, which will actually be part one because we'll just have to redo the whole thing. Um, I'll come out the down. Yes. About LA. We'll, uh, we'll make it happen. The in-person in conversation will be will be much more better. I might still have a buffer there, but we'll see. Because we're we're hitting a froze a freeze again. But the tail to this episode. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, this is so good. It's the best. It's gotta go with the flow. There okay. we go. Yeah, He's back. We we just got we gotta we gotta shut it down before I break the whole internet. So. Oh no! I can't. There we go. <laughs>
well okay thank you thank you for coming on uh yeah we'll see how, yeah this is amazing i love talking to you uh breath of fresh air as always but yeah cheers likewise to you man i appreciate it um yeah if this if the recording's no good no worries just let me know we'll, we'll run uh, we'll run it back we'll, we'll, it back. we'll jam out another time yeah uh, and yeah if there's anything i can do to help support let me know absolutely you're right. I like your, what you're doing is crazy stuff good stuff i'll put you in touch with uh, Lori here uh in a minute too perfect oh yeah thank you all right cheers thanks for everyone for watching uh share this with a friend all right bye <laughs>